Hello and welcome to another episode of the KISS Dog Training Dog Podcast with professionally certified dog trainer, Mike Deeth. Today, Mike's got some super info on socialization of your furry friends. Stay tuned. Hi guys, it's Mike with Kiss Dog Training, and today we are going to talk about the myth. Well, let's back up. We're going to talk about reactivity, which can either be fear-based, aggressive-based, it can be directed towards people, it can be directed towards other animals, it can be on-leash, it can be off-leash. Reactivity is one of those topics that is just over-encompassing and can be really, really, really hard to wrap your head around. But I do think that if we look at it from the standpoint of this myth that all dogs are social and they love being around other dogs and they love being around other people and they want to talk to people and they want to be petted and they want to be loved, those dogs, while they do exist, and I've had them, those bulletproof dogs, Trust me, as a dog trainer who's been doing this for 15 years, these are the exceptions, not the rules. So when, you know, a dog trainer talks to you and says, okay, we need to wear out the dog. So the first thing that usually we talk about is doggy daycare. Well, doggy daycare is great. It's an awesome way. You know, I tell clients, you know, most most of my clients that do doggy daycare end up being Monday, Wednesday, Friday clients. Because they can take their dog to daycare on Monday, and Tuesday is a much easier day. I can take the dog on Wednesday, and now Thursday becomes a much easier day because the dog is calm. I take the dog on Friday. Saturday's pretty easy. Sunday, the dog's a pain in the butt again because we're overstimulated and we got too much energy. But then we're starting this new routine, uh, doggy daycare routine, on Monday. Well, that works great until you have a dog who's reactive around other dogs who maybe doesn't get along well. Um, what do we do? How do we deal with it? And I think the first thing to understand is that every dog is different. Every person is different. Different personalities like different things. Different, um, the way you're raised will affect that. Okay, let's, let's kind of back up here and talk about that. What if I just went and I adopted a six-month-old dog and I know nothing about its history And I find out or, well, I can find out or I can just figure it out on my own that the dog was astray. The dog didn't get socialized during the critical social development period between three weeks and 15 weeks. And the dog has been raised in a shelter environment. So I'm not really comfortable around people. I'm not really comfortable around dogs. I am a little reactive, you know, just in general. It gets worse when I'm on leash well, how am I supposed to take this dog to doggy daycare? Well, first of all, some of those dogs will do beautifully at doggy daycare. So don't don't just assume it won't work. But you have to go into that particular doggy daycare without the dog, ask for the manager, uh, give a complete behavior history of the dog, understand that you may have to start with half days, even as simple as maybe just dropping the dog off for an hour and picking it back up. The dog may not get to go out in a play group to begin with. You're going to have to find a doggy daycare that is willing to do this kind of work to ramp up a dog to where they equal or they fit in that good doggy daycare, I'm good at doggy daycare box. 
But again, it all goes back to the fact that people seem to have this, this misconception that all dogs are social. And what I really want to get across in this um, is podcast or video or however you're getting the information is we need to realize how rare those dogs who are completely social, love dogs, love people, um, go out with the owner everywhere. That is the exception. That is not the rule. And you need to be willing to let your dog tell you what's going to work. Um, if I want doggy daycare to work, I might have to put in a good hard six to nine months spending an awful lot of money for my dog only going an hour or two a day. I might have to spend time with play groups and playing with neighbor dogs and finding out, do you like big dogs or little dogs or, you know, the type of dog. I mean, this, this stuff gets as crazy as you can possibly get. You can go down a rabbit hole really quick, but you'll find dogs that don't like doodles. You'll find other dogs that don't like shepherd looking dogs. You will find um, dogs of certain breeds that end up disliking small, fast, unpredictable movement, okay? So that brings up squirrels and rabbits and small dogs and things like that. You can't just assume all dogs are the same. So what can we do? Um, Number one, if you get a puppy, we socialize them during that critical time period. Um, If we end up with a dog who is not socialized and is in, let's say, that six months to two-year range where that's kind of the teenage years, the adolescent, We need to cut the dog some slack, start small, and build slowly. Um, I always tell my clients on a regular basis, we have to work at the pace of the dog. We don't force our pace on the dog. We don't force our social likes and dislikes on the dog. Um, and, And of course, we also have to take into account the idea of genetics. Is this a... In a situation where, as owners, we're trying to, you know, cram a square peg into a round hole, do we have an Aussie, you know, let's let's just say a, an Aussie um, that is bred to go 18 hours a day in a field working, take a six-hour nap, get a bite to eat, and do the exact same thing and do it every single day, and you're a person that thought the dog looked cool and I'm going to put it in an apartment, okay? Um if it's an under-socialized dog that doesn't like other dogs, it's going to be really difficult to deal with that dog. This is where genetics becomes important. The other aspect is knowing what you can and can't accomplish, either with or without professional help. Don't be a bit surprised if you find out, okay, doggy daycare is not an option. What's my next, what's my next you know, plan of attack? You know, how do I train this dog? It may be incorporating family members to help, multiple walks per day, professional dog walkers. It may be trying to find one or two dog friends that you can go play in an enclosed, safe environment. Um, You know, it's, it's going to require us to do a lot more work. But when we have that myth that all dogs get along or all dogs like people and we keep forcing dogs into situations they can't handle, now that's where we end up with a growly dog. And unfortunately, growly dogs become nippy dogs. Nippy dogs become biting dogs. And it, it just goes right down into a, into a black hole that we don't want to cover, okay? 
But we have to be willing to realize that when we adopt a dog or we get a dog from a breeder or however we get it, then number one, we've done our research. We know about the breed. We know what we're getting into. Number two is to be willing to shift gears and work at the dog's pace and the dog's ability instead of saying, well, you're just going to do it this way. Um, there's multiple ways to train a dog, okay? And you have to, I guess, search your conscience. You know, what do you want to do? I mean, you know me. You've been on this site or this podcast or this, you know, this video, the YouTube, um, long enough with me to know that I want to teach the dog what I want or reward the snot out of it. I don't want to wait until the dog makes a mistake and then try to correct it. But it really, really makes the process harder when owners have unrealistic expectations with their dogs. Um, you know, don't expect your dog to be a social butterfly. If they're not, respect the fact they're not a social butterfly. Uh, if you know your dog gets a little revved up when somebody comes into the house and becomes territorial, let's set up a routine where when the doorbell rings or the knock of the door happens, it's the cue to go get on the bed or get in the crate. And then I invite people in so I can say, hey, here's the ground rules. This is what you got to do with my dog. Give it 10 or 15 minutes. Once the dog calms down, I'll let him out. But I create routines that work. Okay. And if that routine requires the dog to be calm, I have to wear the dog out. I have to walk the dog. I have to hire the doggy daycare. I have to hire the dog walker. I have to be willing to go slow so that it ends up being a success. Because if I keep just hammering the dog and making the situations worse, or you don't see results, you may not even realize it's getting worse. But if your results are not getting better, blaming the trainer or blaming the dog or blaming the situation doesn't do anybody any good. You got to be willing to, you know, survive in advance. So this was kind of a long drawn out process, but really what I wanted to get across was the fact that if you have that dog who's perfect in every environment, realize you bought a lottery ticket. It, it wasn't because you're the greatest trainer in the world. It wasn't because the trainer you hired was perfect. It was the fact that you just got that easy dog. Anybody who's a parent knows if you've got multiple kids, certain kids are going to be good at certain things. Others are going to be good at other things you're going to have. If you compare your kids and say, why aren't you like your brother? It's not fair, you know, to the other kid. That kid will be better at something than his brother, you know, and you just got to find what the dog is good at and utilize that to create routines that let the dog live with you. But this is a team thing. You can't force it. So um, I would imagine this little conversation, um, podcast, video, is going to probably create more questions than it answers. But if you find yourself in this situation where you don't have that perfect dog that's perfect in every environment, I want you guys to now, let's make this the starting point, I want you to be able to uh, email us with questions, call us with questions. Um, all of the contact information be, should be showing up on the screen, or it'll show up at the end by the time we get all the editing done. But if you don't have that dog and you're struggling, please reach out and ask questions, and we can go into more detail. But don't try to pigeonhole your dog into that you have to love all people, all dogs, everything. Those dogs are rare. Um, if you got one, be happy, love that dog to death, 
and realize that the next one you get is probably going to be a little bit more difficult. So um, stick around. We're going to do one more topic in this little round. It might be an additional video, but we're going to talk about something called sniff spot. So that if you do have one of those dogs, I'm going to, I am going to give you one, um, one idea of how you can wear a dog out when they don't get along with other dogs and doggy daycare may not be an option. Okay. Well, it's Mike with Kiss Dog Training. Hopefully we started a conversation that'll uh, um, bring about some questions um, for the next round. But uh, just get hold of us. Let us know what you want to talk about. And remember, not all dogs are social. It's not the norm. It's the exception. love the topics you've been listening to, remember, Mike has written tons of books on dog training and all are available on Amazon.com. Just search the name Mike Deeth, D-E-A-T-H-E. They are available in audiobooks, ebooks, and in print. Keep it simple, stupid dog training, KISS dog training for short, has been helping owners understand their dogs since 2010. We specialize in complex cases such as reactivity, aggression, anxiety, and fear. We offer in-home sessions in and around the Kansas City metro and virtual consulting for those outside that area. We are the dog trainers that focus on training owners, not dogs, emphasizing rewarding what you want and redirecting destructive behaviors into good ones. You can call us at 913-269-7595 or email at info at kissdogtraining.com for more information and help. Some outstanding information on socialization, but Mike has even more on the topic of socialization and a resource for you. Here's Mike. Today's topic is tied to a topic I just recorded, and that was that um, dogs that love all people and love all dogs are the exception, not the norm. And we went into a lot of conversation about doggy daycares and dog walkers and what do you have to do and, you know, know the genetics of your dog and, you know, work with the dog um, and what they're good at, so on and so forth. Okay. But I also mentioned that we were going to talk about something called sniff spot. So this is a standalone topic um, and it could be part two that you're just traveling on to the next um, topic. But now we have this website called sniffspot.com and it is a website where people who have secure fenced in and in some cases not fenced in areas are willing to rent their property in, you know, 15 minute increments, half hour increments, hour increments to where you can take a dog who does not get along with other dogs out to a quarter acre it could just be a backyard, might be a full acre, okay, where you're going to be able to take that dog out and run them. And the reason I want to talk about this is because just like that previous topic, not all dogs are social. You can't treat dogs the same way. I have dogs that can go to doggy daycare. I also have one that does not do well at doggy daycare, gets too overstimulated and ends up causing problems. The other ones love it. It's social. It helps wear them out. 
the one who's a little overstimulated, I have to go out and I have to wear her out and I have to be right on top of her and I'm working with her. I'm not talking to my friends. I'm not checking out. But I know what my dog needs and I give that dog what it needs instead of going, hey, why can't you just be more like me and do what I tell you? Because that's not going to work for the dog. So um, somebody introduced me to this idea of sniff spot. And this is the perfect example of a place where you can get a dog and you can rent a quarter acre for an hour and know that you're going to be the only dog there. You can take your dog off leash. You can play fetch. You can you can get tub toys out. You can do whatever you need to do and know it's a safe environment. And then let's say you get sneaky enough to find that one dog that you're your dog gets along with. Now you and that dog can start going to this sniff spot location and you can start building the idea of, okay, now you can play with one dog. Maybe then we can add a third dog. And there is what, there are ways where we could actually rehabilitate a dog to playing by themselves, to playing with one dog, to playing with maybe two dogs. They may never be social butterflies, but they will learn how to read cues from other dogs and they will learn to be able to redirect when you give them commands. And you can work on this stuff. But to expect all dogs to be social or all dogs to be great around people, kids, cats, whatever the trigger might be, is silly. Those are the exceptions. They're not the rules. But now we finally have people creating businesses that understand this that will allow you to have a space to be by yourself instead of having, you know, for the longest time, it was a choice of either going to a doggy daycare or it was a choice of maybe going to a dog park. And both of those scenarios will have all sorts of, um, you know, potholes that you're going to have to deal with if you have a reactive dog. And in a lot of cases, you just like can't do it. So um, check it out. It's called Sniff Spot. Um, it's not a panacea. It's not going to fix everything, and you can't just rely on it to do the work. You're going to have to get in there and teach your dog a good, reliable redirection cue and have a good recall cue and start small, and you're going to have peaks and valleys, and I would definitely recommend hiring you know, a professional positive reinforcement trainer to help you with this process. But don't feel like there's no options out there for you. Um, in fact, I can already name, you know, I'm from Kansas City, and I know that there's two doggy daycares that have opened rent by the hour or half hour acreage, you know, fenced in areas for the dogs who can't handle doggy daycare. They now have an option. And, you know, I think it's cool that we're starting to realize um, that it's not a cookie cutter approach. What works for one dog may not work for another dog. We just have to figure out a way to positively associate change and alternative behaviors with dogs. And Sniff Spot is an awesome way to maybe get that going for your dog. Um, if you've got questions, holler. This, you know, this this topic and the topic that preceded it on dogs, um, the ones that are perfect and social are the exceptions, not the rules. Um, I think you're going to bring up more questions than these two videos brought answers, but reach out to us via the website, reach out to us via the phone or an email or however you can get hold of a social media and start asking specific questions and we can we can tackle those 
you know, each, you know, each time we do one of these videos or podcasts. Um, but if you do have one of those dogs where they can't be around other dogs, sniffspot.com would be a great place to start. So hopefully you picked up something here you can, you can, um, you can work with, or maybe it led to a question that you're furiously typing and sending it to us right now. And maybe that'll be our topic next time. I appreciate it. You guys are awesome. It's Mike with Kiss Dog Training. Uh, come back next time. We'll talk more stuff about dogs. Have a great day. Thank you.